Welcome back to the next episode of Ladies First, your podcast featuring truly amazing and inspiring women. It's Alina here, and today I'm with Dr. Donna Palombo, a director within clinical sciences at Pfizer. Thank you so much for being with us. Can you Thank start? You. You're welcome. Can you start by explaining to all of our listeners what exactly it is that you do as a director within clinical sciences at Pfizer? Sure. So um, currently I work at Pfizer, which is a pharmaceutical company. I've been there for 12 years. Um, and my background is actually my PhD is in um, clinical psychology. And I have specialty in neuropsychology and pediatrics. And at Pfizer, I started there by overseeing clinical trials in neuropsychiatry. So basically, when we're developing medications to help people who have neuropsychiatric disorders, um, they have to be tested in humans. And so I would be one of the clinicians to oversee the testing of the medications in humans. Um, currently, my position's changed a little, and now I oversee medications once they're actually on the market to make sure that they're being used in a safe and appropriate manner. So what type of education and experiences do you need to go down this type of career path? So for, um, I didn't start out going down this career path. It was a career path change. I started out, as I said, as a clinical neuropsychologist and I worked in an academic medical center. And there I was doing research and seeing patients and doing um, evaluations and assessments for neuropsychiatric and neurodevelopmental disorders. And I also did some clinical trials while I was there. Um, and then over time, I started doing more clinical trials, consulting to pharmaceutical companies, and became kind of interested in that aspect of helping people, which is helping people on a global level where you're really developing new treatments that help people all over the world. So you can actually get to a pharmaceutical career by many paths. You can be a basic scientist and work in labs and do um, early research, which would involve chemists and biologists and um, basic lab scientists. Or you can get there by being um, a pharmacologist and working on actual pharmacology of developing medications. You can get there by being a clinician, um, as I said earlier, by overseeing actual development of drugs and the use of drugs. So you could be an MD or a PhD or a PharmD, or you can get there by commercial marketing and legal pathways because we need all of those folks to help with the uh, marketing of the drugs. So many paths lead to a pharmaceutical industry career. So why would you recommend this specific job to our female listeners? So I would recommend, first of all, what I would recommend to female listeners is that they really follow their heart and they do, they follow their passion and they do what they love. And then sometimes as you do what you love, you are presented with many opportunities. And so I'd say, don't be, afraid to take a chance and take an opportunity as it presents. It may not be something that you ever thought you might do, but 
always be open to learning and trying new things and trusting in yourself and your abilities. This particular job though, as I said earlier, allows you the opportunity to really impact the health and well-being and lives of people all over the world because these are treatments that are used across the globe. Um, and so if you're involved in developing a new treatment or overseeing treatments for patients who really need them, it has such a significant impact on the health of you know, the world in general. So. so I know from doing research um, that you work with a lot of kids and adults with mm -hmm. ADHD. So mm -hmm. for a lot of schools that are moving into remote learning, how do you think this will affect students with ADHD? So I think um, parents are going to have to be very prepared and educators are going to have to be very prepared to meet the diverse needs of their students, not just those with ADHD, but with other kinds of learning problems, neurodevelopmental issues, and even you know, your typical student, because this is a new way of learning. And so with it comes many challenges. And so there may be some greater challenges for some children or different challenges, but I think it's gonna be a challenge for everyone. And everyone needs to understand individual student abilities and what they're, how they work best in order to really make this particular learning experiment successful. So you had said that you'd, you'd also specialize in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you see kids a lot. So not just COVID-19, but things like the Black Lives Matter movement and maybe the upcoming political race. How do you think all of that as a whole is going to affect students? Do you think it's going to be negative? Do you think this will be positive for them? Well, I'm, I'm an optimist, and I'm hoping that it's going to have a really positive impact. My hope will enlighten many to a lot of issues that are currently in the world and make them want to participate in helping to solve some of the world's problems. And so I'm very hopeful that, um, you know, this current generation even though it's a very difficult time for them, they're gonna have a lot of lessons learned and really be inspired in ways that they can go out and make a big difference in the world. So for children that are, that will perhaps be struggling with this new remote learning, what advice would you give them? Mm -hmm. So I think, again, learning style is gonna be really important. Some children may need frequent breaks, some children may need to be able to be up and moving around while they're participating in learning. Um, some people might have different times of the day where they're kind of more in tune and other times that they're not. So, and I think it's gonna take a work environment that they will have to really put effort into setting up, like not having distractions, having a, you know, a really good workspace, you know, being able to connect when they need to. So I think they have to put effort into the work environment. They have to be really in tune to their own personal needs. Parents are gonna to have to be very aware of their children's learning styles and needs and help facilitate on all levels. You know, I think the other thing that comes up a lot with children in situations like this is some children 
may get more anxious. Some children may get more depressed, right? And it could be from a lot of different factors. It could be just, as you mentioned, from everything going on in the world, it can feel overwhelming, right? And so kids could get very anxious or depressed because of that. It could be just from being inside and being more isolated and not having the physical outlets or the social outlets that they used to. So I think parents, again, and, and the children themselves have to have some awareness of those anxiety states or signs of depression and really try to work on those issues and get help, professional help if needed. Right. Um, okay, so moving on to more current events, I mean, this is current events, but I don't know if you saw Joe Biden chose his vice president as the first mm-hmm. Indian woman on a major in, in office. Obviously, we had Hillary Clinton run, but she's going to be vice president for Joe Biden. What are your thoughts on this? I'm excited. I, whenever I see women um, being accelerated into high-level positions, I find that very exciting. I personally like Ms. Harris, so I I was happy with that choice. Um, But she's smart, and she's bright, she's articulate, and I think she's a good representative of women in general. And I think we need more women to be in positions of power in order to really affect change in the world. I, I, again, I'm I feel quite positive that the more women we have in positions like that, the more positive change we'll see in the world. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely really exciting. It's very exciting. It's a very exciting time. I think it's a time of, of turmoil, but often with great turmoil comes great change. And I think it's up to us to participate in that change, to make it a, a change for the positive. Yeah. So, I know that um, we were talking about just like schools going back and stuff. Do you think that schools, I don't know if you knew, most schools are doing now hybrid learning. Right. Do you think it's time for us to, to start moving back and, and going back every day? Or, or do you agree with this type of staying home sometimes, going to school sometimes? So I think hybrid learning is a good compromise. Um, you know, I think if, if, everything was right with the world, everyone would want to be back in school all the time. Even students I know that I speak to, and you may be one of them, are actually missing school when they, even when some of them never thought they would. Um, And that social aspect is so important, right? But I don't think it's the right time yet for everyone to be back in school in the same way that they were pre-COVID. And I think Georgia is a good example of how doing that without being fully prepared and understanding the science can lead to significant failure. So I think it's, it's good to try to test the waters and to try to move towards what we were. But again, we have to always be cautious that we're really making sure that the science is driving our decision making, not just public opinion. So, so I think hybrid's a good choice. Yep. I'm sure you saw the picture of Georgia schools of, of all the kids in the hallway without the mask. Yeah. Right. And now they have quite a large COVID cluster. It's gone up dramatically there. Their That's right. Which, again, if you look at the science and you just look at the patterns and the trajectories, that was totally predictable. 
Right. So it's, it's not a surprise. Um, and so you don't want to keep repeating those same mistakes, right? That's like the worst thing we can do is just keep making the same mistakes over and over. You always have to learn from your mistakes and apply those learnings to do better next time. So I think, again, I think hybrid learning is doing better than what that situation was. Right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me. This was great fun. Of course. That'll be all for today. Thank you so much. Um, tune in next time for another special guest.